0: and there's there's no dialogue for, mm. for sort of 12 minutes and she's eating that pie for just eight minutes yeah, yeah. She sat in a cinema with a room full of people just sat watching rooney mara eat a pie sounds ridiculous it sounds like someone taking the piss out of this kind of film but i think it's a, a really profound scene about mm. grief you can see everything about her internal life in that performance
1: mm. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 113 of Flixwatcher Podcast. I'm joined today by Helen O'Hara. Hello. Zoe. Hi. And Helen Sadler. Hello. And we're going to be talking about a ghost story.
2: Come find us on Twitter at Flixwatcher Pod. Visit the website TV for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review.
1: So, all films were available on Netflix at a time recording, guys. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned.
2: Hello and welcome to this episode of Flixwatch Podcast. In our studio today, we have Zoe and Helen. If you would like to say hello and introduce yourself to our lovelinesses, please.
0: Hi, uh, I'm Zoe Jays. Uh, I'm... I guess, most relevant to this, a uh, comedy and podcast programmer at King's Place in London, in King's Cross.
1: Basically, you, you own podcast, live podcasts in London, what? which means UK. <laughs>
0: if anything's happening with podcasts, yeah. it's at King's Place. And you've,
1: yeah. you've orchestrated it.
0: <laughs> I like to think that we are the, the unofficial home <laughs> of live podcasting in London. Thank you.
1: What, what do we need to do to uh, make it official?
0: I don't know. I don't know who would award us that. Maybe I should just start saying it. Just, just do it. t-shirts. Great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, you become the source once you start claiming it.
0: Great. Okay, we're the home of live podcasting in London, <laughs> if not the UK. Um, and I also program and produce the London Podcast Festival, which is awesome. Thank you. Yes.
3: And <laughs> um, hello, I'm Helen O'Hara. I'm so I'm editor at large for Empire Magazine, and I'm on the Empire podcast every week. Or you know when I'm in the country, um, and uh, and then I'm, I also just write about film. I've written a uh, a couple of books. I've, yeah. I've written a book about eighties movies. I've just finished one on superhero movies. Oh wow! And um, and then I write for whoever will pay me. To be honest, I'm not fussy. If you would <laughs> like a writer, then come Great. come talk to me. Yeah,
1: I've read your eighties book and love it. Oh,
3: very, thank you very much.
1: And uh, Helen and I talk about eighties stuff. Well, we're, we're both children of the eighties. I was born on the first January nineteen eighty. So
0: oh wow, I oh my have To
1: envelop everything that happened in that yeah in that that decade. Makes sense. Oh,
0: yeah. you are
1: uh, Mr. 80s. <laughs> what do you think makes it so special about the 80s or is it just our kind of age group that's...
3: I think there's a bit of that and I think there's a bit of the fact that it was sort of the boomers had come of age and were mm. kind of controlling the filmmaking and they were such a hugely powerful generation in that sense. Um, but I think it was just this, it was the the point in the filmmaking process. So you had the the 70s kind of, you know, you'd had all the kind of studio stuff, 50s and 60s and that had fallen apart and then you got this kind of wave of like indie movies and and really da- daring filmmaking in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And then I think with the 80s, what they'd realised in the late 70s, you know, Spielberg and Lucas and all the rest, they'd kind of realised, hang on, there is money to be made by entertaining people. <laughs> and they started trying to do that. And genuinely, I think I think it's as simple as that. I think they started trying to make big films to entertain large numbers of people again.
1: So you reckon the 60s and 70s were a bit more po-faced? <laughs>
3: I mean, honestly, they were like I love a lot of those films, and I'm, I'm not thinking
1: about Godfather here. Yeah, and, yeah. laugh a minute,
3: is yeah. it? I don't. I don't mean to be unappreciative, no. but like they're a little bit not much know. fun.
1: I think that's. Yeah. A f- I think that's a genuinely fair point, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Because
1: even the, even things that weren't out and out comedies, they were still like fun and ent- you would sit yeah. down with a big smile on your face. I mean, like Ghostbusters is classed as a comedy, but it's not that funny, but you're still like smiling all the way through it and things like that. exactly. It's pretty
3: funny. It is pretty
2: pretty,
1: (laughs) And
3: then then you also had all the -the state-of-the-art stuff where Effect had gotten to a point where you could do these crazy big space things and aliens and, you know...
1: Cars going back to the future. Cars
3: going back to the future. And, you know, so that obviously was a part of it as well. But I, I do think there's something about just a reaction to... The dare—I mean, it was maybe less daring in some ways and more daring in others. uh, The filmmaking of the eighties, but it's it's stuck around. God knows.
1: Cool. So here we're we're here we're we're here talking about uh, a ghost story, which Zoe you have chosen for us to talk about today.
0: I have, yes. Uh,
1: Can you tell us why you chose it and give us a two-minute synopsis of the of the story?
0: Um, Sure. A synopsis of this film probably wouldn't be two minutes long, but I I will tell you what the film's about and then tell you why I picked it. Um, So the film is really about a a nameless young couple (laughs) uh, who are preparing to move um, from their uh, dilapidated house in Texas. Um, And quite early on in the film, there is a a car accident and uh, Casey Affleck's character uh, dies, uh, leaving Rooney Mara to grieve and him to come to grips with the afterlife completely silently um and yeah that's that's it really that's the plot of the film yeah. yeah um and i chose it because uh last year or was it no two years ago Two years ago, uh, i saw it at sundance london i was lucky enough to see it with a uh A Q&A with david lowry afterwards um and i was completely bowled over by the film i was really glad that i got to see it in a cinema because i think had i watched it at home um i don't think i would have had the same experience mm. i think there might have been a bit of two-screening going on and I might have been looking at my phone every so often. And um, it's a film that requires some patience and concentration. Um, I loved seeing it in a completely full cinema, full of people who were sort of really wrapped and, and hypnotised by it. And, um, you know, over the silent credits at the end, you could, you could really hear a pin drop. Um, and then David Lowry came out and David Lowry is a babe. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, he is a handsome man. Uh, he has the most incredible blue eyes. So that was a bonus. Um, (laughs) And it was a really fascinating Q&A and I I learnt a lot and it was one of the very rare occasions where I felt strongly enough about the film that I would uh, ask a question. Um, And he was very charming and it was a a really terrific answer. So I think it holds a special place in in my heart because of that because David Lowry maintained eye contact with me for for, for several minutes while he answered my stupid question. Uh, What was the question? So I I prefaced it by saying... um, I apologise if this is a stupid question, to which he said very charmingly, there are no stupid questions, which is not true. But um, I said, apart from the obvious, you know, there are some obvious scenes. Was it always Casey Affleck under the sheet? I was very interested in whether that was the case. And luckily the answer was no, it wasn't. And he talked quite a lot about how, um, to start with, they had intended to have him under the sheet the whole time. Um, But it was... It was too obviously him. It was, you could tell it was him from his gait. I think the the scene where he walks home across the field, you could tell it was Casey Affleck walking across a field under a sheet and they wanted it to have, you know, a more otherworldly quality than that. Um, So sometimes it is him in the stationary (laughs) scenes, you know, when he's in the house, uh, standing in a corner. But they also use, I think he said they use the AD quite a lot. um, And just because he's about the same height. Yeah. And just had him under the sheet. Um, So luckily, it wasn't a stupid
1: question. No. there Um, are no stupid questions. there you go. Um, Helen, what were your thoughts? Um,
2: Sadly, I didn't see this at the cinema, but I did see this when it first came to Netflix probably about a year ago. Yeah. It's been on there. Um, It was one that I really wanted to see. Um, Just something about, I remember seeing the trailer and just thinking there was something just really unique about it. And um, yeah, I I really love it. It's, um, not much happens. No, but also a lot is kind of said or not said, and um, yeah, it's, it's, a one, really is, film,
1: it? it's but, one of those beautiful films, isn't it? It's one of those kind of hard to get past someone who's not into films in a way.
3: Yeah, selling this to other people yeah. is is nearly impossible. I feel like, uh, and explaining why you like it yeah. is is tough. I was I was a bit mixed on it when I saw. I did see it in the cinema, and I'm very glad I did because yeah. I agree with you. It's because mm. I tried to watch it again for this this week, and I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest, my attention kept wandering because I was yeah. watching it at home. Um, so it does benefit from the cinema yeah. experience really, really well, but in unobvious ways because it's so quiet mm. and so insular and and. A little bit navel gazy but it, not always in a bad way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I wish I liked it more than I do. I feel like I get it, yeah. and I feel like what it's doing is is good. But sometimes I just find it frustratingly. It felt self, self-conscious to me, mm-hmm. especially in there's a party scene where there's a guy yeah. expounding his philosophy on yeah. Yeah.
0: life, the universe, and everything, and I felt who like, here has
1: kids? Oh. That's, um, <laughs> William that, Oldman.
0: That's, Bonnie Prince Billy in a, uh. playing that part, oh, okay. and Kesha is also in that party scene. He, she's the person he's doing the magic trick for. Uh, um, oh, yeah, I remember that now.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, but it just felt a bit sort of philosophy undergraduate. <gasps> See, that's really interesting because I read that scene in completely the opposite way because I think that is clearly supposed to be a pretentious man at a party. Mm. He's supposed oh, yeah. to be a, a bore at a party, and um, so obviously. Um, like outlining the themes of the film that I feel like Larry's almost preempting the film's criticisms. It's like, I feel like it sort of skewers the whole film. It's like right down the middle to go, let's just have a scene where the sort of guy who'd have watched this film and then comes out and tells you what it was about. um, Let's just put that in the film.
3: Yeah. No, I I, I kind of get that because there is obviously comedy here because it's literally a ghost in a sheet with two Mm. holes (laughs) cut in the face. So, you know, there is an element of... You know, self-parody. Sure.
1: Um, <coughs> what did you guys make of the pie scene? Because that scene tends to be a scene that people dive in or fully in or dive out at.
3: I mean, it's uh, apparently she'd never eaten a pie before. Had you heard this? This is uh, true. Is this what? actually
1: true. Yeah. This is true. What did, did, she's, she's did she's David say? What kind of pie it was? Uh,
0: do you know what? It was uh, I, the pie story is so weird. I actually printed it out oh, because, because no hard. one I can believe that Rooney Mara had never eaten a pie before. And she says it's because she was a very fussy eater and a strange, picky child, she said. However, I think it's because she's a billionaire. Is like, she? <laughs> yeah, and that's the truth. Like her mum's family owned the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. and her oh, wow. dad's family owned the New York Giants. So the Maras are insanely wealthy. I just think rich people don't eat pies
2: pie wasn't on the but, menu but she
0: said it's just because and the pie was this is terrible a vegan gluten free low sugar chocolate cream pie and it's the first and last pie she's ever eaten that doesn't deserve to be called a pie no. yeah no it doesn't
1: it doesn't sound fun does it no
2: yeah. that's no. nothing that's nothing what any kind of pie is about
1: <laughs> pies um, are
2: about sugar <laughs> they're about fun they're about tasty fillings so
1: would you have had like three quarters of the pie yourself but if it's a super tasty what would, what would be your ideal pie
2: I don't know, are you talking sweet or savoury now? I, I wasn't need. prepared with notes to talk about
1: pies. Top of your head. <laughs> you didn't bring pie notes? No. Uh, or, so, yeah. um, Lemmon,
3: um,
2: lemon lemon rung
1: pie. Pie
0: facts I wrote rather than <laughs> pie notes.
1: <laughs> lemon rung pie for me, I think, would have been my... Key, key lime pie. Key, line. key lime. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think if you've got to eat the entire thing in eight minutes, probably going for something low sugar, you know, would be a good option. Oh, but
1: you've got to go method, haven't you?
0: <laughs> it's true. And yeah. she does vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, I think it's I think it's an incredible scene. And I think I'm gonna keep saying remarkable, which is a really pat thing to say, but it's true it is a remarkable film. And and there's there's no dialogue for mm. for sort of twelve minutes and she's eating that pie for just eight minutes. Yeah. And to yeah. be sat in a cinema with a room full of people just sat watching Rooney Mara eat a pie, sounds ridiculous. It sounds like someone taking the piss out of this kind of film. But I think it's a, a really profound scene about mm. grief. You can see everything about her internal life in that performance. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, i saw it as well at sundance london um oh, are you there? yeah i was there i was there I, I, was, I was i was one of the press people i was there i had a press pass and um i was there with the junket i didn't get to speak to david lowry but i, was, I didn't know who he was but sam clements who's been on this podcast off of uh, bitch houses um he was interviewing david lowry and i was like who's that guy with the eyes yeah i don't know so what he looks like him. and then i found out it was david lowry afterwards I was like "Yep." Yeah. and when you said he's a very attractive <laughs> guy i was like yeah i can see that <laughs> yeah. he is he's,
3: we had a, a great unwritten feature at Empire that they would never let us write, right. which was fit directors. <laughs> but he was a perennial feature on that list, yeah. I'll be honest. He, he is one of the fit directors who we were never allowed to profile. Yeah.
1: Why are you not allowed to...
3: I don't know, something about it being disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't
1: know. It was outrageous to me,
3: but um, but yeah.
1: Um, one of the things that I take away from this film a lot is the, the one song that is the film... Um, I can't. I, I listened like last year on you know when Spotify for the first time. Told you which song you listen to the most. Um, that was on that list along with everything from Hamilton was like <laughs> in there and uh, the the version of While My Guitar Gently Weeps by genius Spencer. Oh Spetter yes, from and Cooper Co- and the two strings. There was like my top like thirty songs. Um, what do you got? It, I don't know. What do you guys think of it? You said you love it. I
2: really like it. Um, yeah. I Shazammed it when I watched the film the first time. Okay. And I Shazammed it again when I rewatched it. So it's now featured on two of my
1: and you play playlists. This.
2: And yeah. And when um, I mentioned to Reese that I'd rewatched this, he hummed the song from it because yeah. that's obviously what the thing that he'd taken away the most. But yeah, I really I like the song.
1: What, what did Reese say as a non cinema fan? Non cinephile, uh, not to the extent of yourself.
2: Boy, he claims to say that he likes films where
3: nothing really happens. So
2: great,
1: yeah, he liked okay. it. Yeah. yeah, great. I mean, on the other hand, a lot
0: happens. Yeah, a lot happens, but
3: <laughs> yeah, but but in short, concentrated bursts yeah. between long yeah. periods of nothing yeah. happening. I mean, this isn't Patterson where nothing happens no. in a really great way. More happens than that. That's my that's my baseline <laughs> of nothing than, happening.
1: Uh, more happens than Patterson.
3: Yeah. I mean, now, to be clear, I'm hugely recommending Patterson oh, to I everyone listening. It. I love it, but nothing happens nothing in Patterson, um, and and this one, you know, there's somebody dies pretty early on. Somebody yeah. dies early yeah. on, and then there's the whole that you know it, it goes through a very long period of time. Yeah, yeah, a very um, long and backwards, and, and then back through it again. again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I like how it played with time here. I felt almost like Nolan-esque in white in mm-hmm. the way he played with those time themes and the interstellar kind of aspects of going back to the start and revisiting and I think that again would be another place where people think nah this is this is completely not the film for me I mean what were your thoughts on the time themes
0: I'm very interested in time Mm. and kind of scared of it which is why I think it's a good choice for a film like this I think um, if you think about time too much it's, it's terrifying um after I read a a book at university uh, called *The Child in Time* by Ian McEwan, I became very interested in in time being non-linear, which this film kind of explores. Um, and I tried to read a, a physics book on it called *Wholeness in the Implicate Order*. Oh wow! <laughs> oh. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I literally couldn't do it. I couldn't get past the first chapter. But it does kind of explore the same sort of themes as this film, like the the way that we view time as as a straight line and and kind of us traveling through it is not how. It works, and I think it's a very, it's a very difficult thing to explore that notion, especially in you know a, a narrative film. Um, and I think it does it incredibly well. And I think it's, it's you know it's it's quite profound, really. Yeah, it does it quite poignantly. I, I do does. like the time stuff
3: mm. more than some aspects of the film. I'll be honest, but because um, I feel like that's, you know, it's that sort of centrality of memory and that the idea that what matters to this ghost um it allows him to control or shape you know what he what he experiences a little bit yeah and that he can you know he realizes that what he needs to do is go back essentially to the beginning and goes a little bit too far and (laughs) has to wait around a bit but um is is to to try and get back to this one moment that he still needs to figure out he still needs to understand
0: yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely we're all haunted by our memories and this is a very obviously literal experience expression of that um yeah i think i think it does the time stuff incredibly successfully mm. and i think it's a really hard thing to do in a film outside of back to the future obviously obviously, obviously <laughs> yeah. <in the> future. <laughs> yeah. but
1: i mean obviously endgame has changed the kind of <laughs> dynamics of how time works in, in...
2: careful now no spoilers I'm not
1: spoiling it's just there is a time heist it's in the synopsis <laughs> um i like i don't know i, I really I found it harder to watch this time around. I think I I super enjoyed watching it the first time in somewhere like Pitch House, especially like Sundance London, where you're mm. surrounded by people who are happy to let a film take over them. Yeah. Um. I think this in, you know, a and the multiplex, would have gone down not so well in places. So I think, and I'm, I'm, I was really keen to watch it again. And when you suggested it, I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But then it was, I think like yourself, I and mean, I found it difficult to pay attention the second time at home
0: yeah I think the first time I watched it I was I was, you know you are more focused on what you're, what you're expecting you know it, it throws you off balance pretty early on by well you know the aspect ratio kind of throws you off balance and, and the way the film's shot so you feel like you're an observer quite early on and in the, the start of the film he's using some horror tropes to make you wonder whether you know if there's a lot of lingering shots on darkened doorways yeah. where something could jump out and of course it's not going to but the first time you watch it you don't know that yeah so I was more focused on what kind of film is this going to be you know what's going to happen and this time around which is actually the first time I've re-watched it since seeing it in the cinema mm. um I, I was thinking more about about the craft of it I think and, and appreciating the little details things like you know thinking about the aspect ratio and, and thinking about the, the score um I love David Lowry and I'd, I'd really loved Pete's Dragon before I saw this, which is, I was very excited to see it. And I, I love The Old Man and the Gun recently. I think he's a really, really interesting director, putting out incredibly varied films. But he always works with, with Dan Hart, the composer. Yeah. And, and he, so he'd done this quite, you know, quite traditional score for Pete's Dragon. And then this, which, which is a just, in, it's, it's a silent movie in a lot of places. And the music is doing a lot of the work. For you. I mean that song really stands out, but I think the music throughout and the sound throughout you know just the way they use uh d- just just the noise of the world you know when she's in the hospital and you can just hear what's going on in the corridors you know when there's no score um you know just the sound of the wind over the end credits yeah. um yeah, so I think because I maybe I was viewing it with a more critical eye because I was thinking about I'm gonna have to talk about this film i I enjoyed it just as much. Had I just been sat. You know, just looking at Twitter. Yeah, I wouldn't have
1: done. Did you? Were you wearing like headphones, or do you have a decent sound system? Was it? Yeah, um, no, just Cigley? got a bog
0: standard telly. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I don't know. Should we head to the scores, or is there anything else? No, that you guys. I was want- going to say
3: I really like the bit where the two ghosts have a conversation. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, that was interesting, and it it kind of opened up questions for me though. Like I was like, well, so are there almost none? And. But so, like in all the time, we only really see it what once, maybe twice. You
1: see it twice, twice and yeah, but then yeah. we don't see it, any other ghosts anywhere else. Anywhere so el- so yeah. it happens to be in the house opposite to them. Yeah, are they in some kind of weird vortex where the ghosts? Where there's of, ghosts, yeah. or,
3: You know, none on the way home from the hospital, no. like even in the distance. I just, I, I, I don't know. I maybe wanted, but maybe that's. I mean, that's not what the film is about, no, obviously. Yeah. And I get that, but at the same time, it sort of hinted at things that it then didn't ever go back to, and I, I find that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's trying to sort of say this is what the afterlife no. is like. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it's more focused with metaphor than it yeah. is on anything else. But I, I think those scenes are, they're, they're very funny. And and again, I think they use the score really beautifully in those. Um, But also like just really incredibly sad, you mm. know, and there's something in that, you know, when the subtitle comes up and, and the other ghost says they don't remember who they're waiting for. Mm. That's just a beautifully, I think I cried the second time, you know, seeing that again. Um, even though it is just, it's literally two guys under sheets, you know, <laughs> yeah. the window with the subtitle on. Yeah.
1: I wonder how many times they change the subtitles together. <laughs> and still different just, test audience. Maybe they're just
3: telling knock knock jokes yeah. the first time. Like, we don't know. I mean, should we
0: talk about Casey Affleck? Should we?
1: Can Casey? We? Can do.
0: He's not a billionaire, just in case you wonder.
1: Mm. <laughs> <So no. laughs>
0: I think Casey Affleck is one of the
3: reasons I have a little bit of a. Hesitation about this film, I guess. Mm. I just find it quite hard to um, want the best for him. That sounds mean. Wow. Um, but <laughs> I just, you know, that we've obviously all heard the stories about his conduct in the past and it just kind of colours my perception of him a little bit more than I would like it to having said that I loved Manchester by the
1: Sea okay. mm, that was the same years yeah the yeah, same Absolutely. years extraordinary, it.
3: An extraordinary film um, an extraordinary performance and you know full credit for his talent in that but I felt like in this case especially maybe because he was again paired with a much younger woman um, which I don't love on screen it, it, yeah. that it, it, it made me hard to. it made it hard for me to invest in them as a couple yeah. and want her to mourn for him Yeah, and and therefore, it kind of maybe gave me that little bit of distance from the film that kind of stopped me loving it as much as I think I kind of should.
0: That's fair. I mean, it's I, I tricky, think I'm relatively it? successful it. It's just the way I watch things is that I don't really think about that when I'm watching it. I might think about it afterwards, but the whole, you know, separating art from artist thing is a tricky one. But mm-hmm. it, yeah. it doesn't cross my mind when I'm watching it. I think in terms of their relationship, I think it's an interesting one because... Uh, I don't think it's necessarily supposed to be a particularly good relationship. No, that's true. Um, and, yeah. and certainly when, you know, we, when he goes back and he's effectively haunting himself and we can see kind of a, a montage of him observing what is quite bad behavior, really. Um, and she doesn't seem particularly happy. Yeah. I don't think there's a sense that they necessarily would have stayed together. It seemed like that move was...
1: It's going it to be make or break anyway. Apart and, yeah. You
0: know, he got what he wanted. He's trapped in that house forever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> With the piano. With the piano, See, I I think the relationship is a little
0: bit more idealised than that. I know that
3: they do do show, obviously, the fights and the the compromises and the things that aren't quite working. But the sheer fact of the ghost existence and his obsession with that message in the wall Mm. feels like it's meant to be saying that, you know, it is a true love and it's a true love that is imperfect and that even those are hard and take work and you'll disagree sometimes and you know it it felt very much like it was kind of glorifying that relationship
1: Because when,
3: despite trying to give it nuance
1: sure you know. yeah because when the ghost actually reads the message that's when it, it was it, absolved yeah. of any kind of requirement yeah. to stay in in this yeah, it in this realm, stray I guess. From the it?
0: unfinished business trope, this is how we know ghosts work. You know, this is the <laughs> one thing we know about ghosts. It's interesting that he chooses not to go. You know, not to go into the light. He obviously feels whatever reason that he he wants to go back, um, and and spend some time with her. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's up for debate. I think there's room. I mean, it's a film with basically no dialogue, so there's a lot of room for interpretation. <laughs> that is true. That is and true. And you are presuming a lot about their internal lives, but I think regardless of anything else, they're both very fine actors and I yeah. think they do a lot um with stillness and um you know silence and like,
1: I think how they're very
0: they s- into that. I like films when nothing happens too. I like mm. I
1: think how they the way they set it up with that um with that decision to move house or stay there and the way they played that out in that in that maybe five minutes at the start mm-hmm. set them up as the couple they're gonna be for for the rest of the film really, really well. I've had, everyone, p- people have had those discussions with, when they've been in relationships of whether to stay or whether to go, but there's an, an underlying thing there about perhaps not being so happy in in your status quo or your relationship. So him wanting to stay yeah. is indicative of something else, whereas hers wanting to move on is perhaps indicative of something else. And I think with those few pages of... That's, that I mean, this script must have been super short, so that must have covered the bulk of him and that and the Bonnie Prince Charlie... Um, party sketch and the bit of spanish in the middle they, the scripts would have been super super slim in this wouldn't it
0: yeah i mean i think uh i, th- I think there's for both uh david Larry and and Dan Hart because they work very closely together i think there is i think they both talk about it being i've seen from the q a that there's a lot of first draft about this film you know it's just something that they wanted to get out mm. um it's uh, another thing i wanted to mention which is which is maybe worth talking about is there there's another film to be made here about that poor spanish family that you want. <laughs> yes <laughs> they're in a horror movie yeah they really are in a genuine horror movie and again i guess ghost rules apply in that as in patrick swayze rules if you're angry enough yeah you can, you can, you can apparently throw yeah. shit around i love that we
3: have patrick swayze ghost rules yes yeah, yeah. that um, is
1: my de facto ghost in the same way yeah, that features is my it. time story film yeah sure ghost is my
3: See, I've, ghost w- film. I've watched a lot of Supernatural on TV, so right. I have my own ghost rules. Okay. You know, yeah. s- find the bones, salt and burn, yep. and oh, they're gone. Wow. Yeah, salt oh, and burn. Top okay. yeah. tip. To there you go. Yeah, but
0: yeah, it was again. I think we're we sort of cast in the role of of observer in this film, and I think you, it is shot in a way to make it feel <laughs> Helen's, like Helen's it. making
1: notes there. Yeah. Like, salt and burn, find bones. How to okay,
0: kill yeah. <laughs> well, it's important to know just in case. Um, and and that that those few scenes are another good example of that of uh, you know they don't subtitle the Spanish so we've got no, no, no idea I was, I was what thinking that. What Sp- yeah. I mean if you speak Spanish but I don't speak Spanish so I can only presume I mean I've got a pretty good guess Mama's
1: ghost <laughs> <laughs> no there's not <laughs> kind
0: of yeah, yeah it's basically that oh God yeah. there was a ghost yeah. <laughs> we better move
1: should we head to the scores guys all right let's head to the scores.
2: Let's head to the scores. Welcome to the spreadsheet of dreams. Yeah, it's so, very detailed. Thank you. <laughs> it's a thing of wonder. Um, so all the scores are out of five. You may have decimal places,
0: and um, we'll start with you, Zoe, because you picked the film with the recommendability score. I mean, it's gonna suffer in this category, isn't it? Which is a which is a great shame because I love this film, but there are a limited number of people that I would recommend it to. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Two point five because the people that I know would love it will love it, but you can't recommend it to everyone.
1: Helen,
3: I was thinking exactly the same number. Yeah, yeah. I'm just really excited about being able to use fractions because we don't on Empire. So I'm this is this is exciting.
0: Go,
1: go nuts!
3: Yeah, I'll say two point five in that case. Sure. Whew, <laughs> danger,
1: <laughs> Helen.
2: I'm I, I'm gonna give it a four. I mean I'm, I can't give it a five because there is people who who won't enjoy it and it is quite a hard sell but I think for anyone who hasn't seen it and is vaguely interested in it or likes kind of beautiful films that have ambiguous kind of endings and stories and is interested in that this kind of cinema then yeah you should you should definitely watch it and you know make up your own mind about it but yeah I I still I would still recommend it to pretty much everyone anyway.
1: I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for a three here. Um there would be massive caveats and I would pick the people who I would recommend it to, most certainly. And I think it would be a case of dude, you'd love to go story, don't worry about it, just put it on and make sure you've got nothing else to do at the time and let's have a chat afterwards. Um but those people are few and far between. I think even really? the even the even the Christine people I think a lot of people would be exasperated by. We
2: we'll would recommend them to
1: that. You what, sorry? You
2: yeah, but then you'd pick who you recommend
0: them to. Well,
1: exactly, but that's not, that's why the recommendability score kind of wanes is lower than that. I think. Yeah, that's
0: how I was understanding it. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, that's how I yeah. I think yeah. people t- play more it differently. Caveats, the caveats yeah. lower
0: the
3: recommendability. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I I really did enjoy it. Like I said, like with yourself. So when I first watched, it, I came out thinking, wow, that was that's fucking amazing. I was there at yeah. the end, sitting in yeah. the chair, going, yeah. yeah, love that, love that. But then I I couldn't do, sit this. I couldn't sit and watch this with Absolutely. my wife.
0: And, and, and this scoring system is very different. You know, I yeah. certainly would have walked out of that cinema and said that's a five star film, but that's not That's no, not this. That's not,
1: what that's what not, the, scoring system. not the
3: question. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm uh, just a bit
0: more wild with why. You are. My <laughs> I love it. I love
1: it. Repeat Boone score, Zoe. Uh,
0: this
1: is the second time watching.
0: It is the second time I've watched it uh, in the space of a couple of years, and I loved it. Um, so for me personally, and I will watch it again, and it's only an hour and 32 minutes long, which is. Great. Uh,
1: so I'm going to give it a four. Um, Helen, do you want an explanation of the repeat viewing score? Sorry. No, yeah.
3: Um, I figure it's the likelihood of you watching it again, right? Yes, yeah, the
1: likelihood of you watching it again or, I mean, with older films as well, it's yeah. how many times you've watched it before right. and uh, kind of bundle that into a score of joy.
3: I'll be honest, I'm going to go quite low on this one. Sure. Because I'm, I'm glad that I've seen it. You're not, you're not it. offending us. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying I'm glad that I've seen it, but I this is not something I would have sat down and watched again yeah. for, without the reason of coming I'm here. I'm sorry. Um, no, no. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I I didn't hate it. I was just a bit like um, I'm. I was I was aware I was struggling to concentrate. So I'm going to go two here.
1: Sure, Helen.
2: Um. So it's kind of strange. I was when Zoe picked it. I was like, oh great, I'm going to get to watch that again. But watching it again, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first time. And I don't know whether that was because. I was only watching it for the purpose of ref- refreshing anything that I might have forgotten. Yeah. Um or the time of day that I watched it cuz I watched it in the afternoon. So I don't know. I didn't get as much out of it and I was also a little bit sad that I had rewatched it because I didn't get the same the feeling so same I'm going to go for a two as well.
1: So you would like the you would have liked to maintain the afterglow the first yeah. time.
2: I don't think I got I don't think I particularly got anything more from rewatching
1: it. Yeah. I'm gonna go for uh I'm gonna go for one point eight. I don't think I'll watch it again anytime soon. Um but if someone did say, Should I watch a ghost story and should we watch it now? I'd be like, um, uh, okay, I've got nothing else to do, I'll watch it again with them. I would be quite happily on I mean, Twitter you can talk and talk through it. Yeah, I'd be <laughs> quite happily like doing other things at the same time. So i would be like, Yeah, it wouldn't be that much. Well, this kind of ties in with engagement score. One point eight. Um small screen score. Zoe.
0: Um well um on my I mean it was it was fantastic in the cinema and I mm. think it is a greatly enhanced experience in the cinema but watching it on my crappy telly at home last night um I cried twice so I'm going to give it
1: 3.5 Helen
3: I yeah I'll go I think I'll go 3 because again I think you know it's definitely worth seeing um but it, it does suffer a little bit if you have the potential to be distracted, yeah. and and so you kind of want you kind of want to pull the curtains and turn the phone off and and try and force yourself to really concentrate on this. I think.
1: On.
2: So as I mentioned, sadly, I did not see this at the cinema, but I feel you can recreate these conditions by not watching it in daylight, which That's is wrong. why I did the second time around. I don't recommend that. So it needs to be dark. Mm-hmm. I don't think the size of the screen is that's important so you could have it on on a, on a laptop or a nice tv as long as that you've got good sound to go with it so you could in fact watch it on a laptop yeah. if you've got headphones Absolutely. I think that works yeah. and if you've got a, a tv having the sound but you've got to create the conditions for it to work yeah. for you um, so I mean first time I watched in the dark at home and I thought that the TV screen was um, fine for it because obviously it's not a big explosions or anything like that. So I'm going to go 3.5. It go does f- work, but recreate cinema conditions
1: yeah. if you can. <laughs> so yeah, we often talk about the the need to see it on big screen versus, and also compounding in that the cinematic experience mm. of this when it comes to the small screen score. Um, I'm going to give it a high small screen score because I think... It works well on the from the visual aspect at home, but I think you need, as as you so uh, described, Helen the. Need to try and recreate that kind of atmosphere, which is difficult to do. Mm. And like I say, watching it, darkness
2: s- and closeness. Yeah, watching
1: it uh, Saturday, yeah. Sunday afternoon as I did, whilst also waiting for the washing to finish, <laughs> just doesn't really work. So, we wa- were you
3: washing sheets at the time. Yes.
1: You know what? White I was. <laughs> washing
3: your ghost outfit ready for Sunday
1: <laughs> oh, night. I said, can I cut holes in this? Will Sarah get angry? <laughs> um, so, I'm going to give it four for small screen score, but I think my, well, let's go to the engagement score, Zoe
0: is this if I want to get engaged to David Larry? Yeah, the answer is
1: yes so that's a stone cold um, 800
0: can you remind me what how I should be rating this so the engagement store is like how often were
2: you looking at your phone were you waiting for your washing to dry and kept checking okay. on the washing machine so that would obviously be a low engagement um, and you know if you were like I can't yeah. even go to the toilet I'm having such a good time and so intensely focused
0: well then five I think it's captivating
1: boom yeah helen <laughs> yeah i go, go
3: for a 2.5 i was i was engaged the first time but i was totally not the second time so helen um i was less engaged the second time around but i think that's
2: unfair on the film to do that because i knew i wasn't the reason i watched at the time that i did that i knew i could do something else sort of on the side um but i think I did have to force myself to really concentrate and, and watch it anyway the first time because it is really meandering and if you are at home you do have you know like distractions so um, you do have to really commit to it yeah. and go for it for were,
1: were you aware the first time you watched that you needed to be in that zone or you just happened to be it was ha- like a happy
2: a little bit I could sort of sense that that I needed to kind of put my phone away and yeah. you know focus a bit more than than what i did and resist kind of the temptation to stop poking around on imdb and and things like that as you
1: sometimes you're you trying to find out who's under the sheets
3: Picture, <laughs> pictures
1: <laughs> of david Lowry. yeah yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> um i'm gonna go for a, a one here for subsequent watching because the first viewing was like i needed to be in there and i was that's one of the beaches of being in cinema you, yeah if you take your phone out, you're an apps, you're the worst person in the, the world. The worst person. The worst person. person. Um, but not that I would do that and you're just fully engaged. But this time I literally was like dancing around my room a bit and doing other things, checking Twitter, um, which is something I don't normally do when I watch films. So it just took me out of it. And I think this also ties in when um, Sam from Pitch House gave me the DVD of this and I thought, yes, but then haven't watched it since then. And that <laughs> I think there's testament to the fact that I think I knew that the, Optimum time for watching was in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. And I think set- And that time has
0: passed. Yeah, that
1: time has passed. But
0: not for Casey Affleck.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna go for one here, and that gives us an overall score of three point oh one eight seven five, which is I think this decent score.
2: It's still good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anything over three is pretty good. Um I mean it's if you if you've listened this far and you haven't seen it and you're still wondering whether you should, I mean, yeah, go for it. It's only an hour and a half. If it was two hours, then I'd be like, it's two hours. But an hour and a half, there's there's so many awful films that
1: are
0: <laughs> way longer. <laughs> way longer yeah, yeah. than
2: that. So there's worse
0: films, so why not watch this one? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we reach out to guys on Twitter um, before we record and tell them what we're about to watch and who is in the room. Um, in this case, we're reviewing a ghost story with Zosrat and Helen L. Uh, O'Hara. So I don't know why I did it that way. <laughs> and asked them to give us a shout out on Watch. And we got a decent set of responses for this, actually. I thought there's going to be less. Um, Zoe, so, would you mind reading out the first one?
0: <clears throat> sure. Um, Unstuck in time, besheeted solitary soul seeks. Why did you- I've got a slight list? This is unfair. <laughs> Unstuck in time, besheeted solitary soul seeks connection with his bereaved wife. Curious near speechless soliloquy, deft and dry examination of longing and loneliness.
1: And that's three sheets out of. Five ghosts.
0: Yeah, I don't understand and, that scoring system.
1: I think we well we asked for a flight. We asked for a five-star rating, and that's no. no
0: I understand okay. that, but I don't understand the the sheets to ghost ratio. Uh, I
1: think it's just <laughs> trying to be playful. <laughs> well, <what? Sure. laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Helen, that, was, that was from top film tip. That's our, that Tom film tip. Um. Helen, can you take Pete at uh, Pete Langheld's,
0: uh Lankhelt. This is easier to read.
3: Yes, Pete Langheldt says, I loved it. My wife was horribly bored. I give it four out of five or eight out of ten. My wife gives it zzz. <laughs> But he did say, it's a movie that will make you think about life. Not on a personal level, but a spiritual one. I love how it made me see the world after I'd watched it. And no pun intended, it's a haunting experience. I see what you did there, Pete. Well
1: done. Sure Cheers, is. Pete. Uh, Helen, do you want to say the last one?
3: So the last one is from the IMDb Journey
2: podcast. Rooney Mara puts in a great performance in a film where if you can get past the multiple scenes of silence and stillness, which started to grate on me, this is a pretty good film. And that's three and a half
1: stars. Yeah, three stars and a small star. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'll call it that. I think we could do with a bit more silence and stillness in the world. Mm. This is also like... I've never seen a film like this. Yeah. You know, this is this is a pretty
1: original. Piece but this is the great thing about cinema these days, isn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. People complain that you know, oh, it's all very homogenised
3: now, and you know, certainly there are sequels we don't need and remakes we don't want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are. So was it
1: Aladdin. Extra-
3: <laughs> <laughs> but there are extraordinary things happening right now in cinema. And yeah. This is one of them, and I'm, I, I, you know, for all my criticism of it and my slight reservations about it, I'm very glad that I saw it, and it's one of those films I'm glad exists. Yes. Um.
1: This and,
0: is why sorry, No, I was just gonna say, and um, and and not just because I'm a pervert. I am genuinely very <laughs> excited to see what David Lowry does next because his, his career is fascinating. Yeah. And he's doing really extraordinary things and um yeah. Yeah, I do love those directors who can just turn their hand to any different genre. It's always fun. Yeah. I mean, if you if this sounds a bit a bit slow paced and not enough fun for you, then watch Pete's Dragon or The Old Man and the Gun. They're yeah. they're fantastic fun. Yeah. Really fun.
1: I recommend those as well. Okay. Um, Thank you, Helen and Zoe, for coming on. Pleasure. Uh, Can you just let everyone know where they can find you online or uh, any places to, well, A, for you, Helen, find your book. um, Oh, yeah. Books. Probably
3: should,
0: yeah.
1: And Zoe, where can find you online to hear your musings on other films, other David Lowry films?
0: Well, (laughs) well, just (laughs) David Lowry. Um, (laughs) I'm on Twitter at Zozrat um but i would love it if you checked out the king's place website and yeah. to all of our fantastic uh, comedy and podcast programming including regular live shows from empire Yay. which are a joy <laughs> um uh the london podcast festival will be coming up in in september um yeah come on down it's a lot of fun yeah so i'm on
3: twitter at helen l ohara and um I don't know. I'm I'm around. I never know where else I'm. I'm on the Empire podcast pretty much every week, and uh, as as Zoe says, I'm you know we're at the London Podcast Festival pretty much every year, and yes, every so often for year. other things. Yes. Yeah. Um, we just did a we just did an Avengers spoiler special live, which was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and
0: and sold out in six days. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, which is mad I couldn't be there it was mad <laughs> uh, but it was a lot it was a real giggle so uh, so yeah thanks to everyone who came and what's
1: me. the name of your books so people can do a quick Google do
3: you know what I don't know because uh, it, they've, they've published it under two different names and I can never remember I think it's basically the be- best 80s movies yep. if you look me up on, if you look up Hell No Haro on Amazon and 80s I think it comes up you might get the American edition though so look around and it's also it's on sale in the works so you might be able to find it there for £2.50
1: oh, fantastic bargain yeah. okay So much for coming on. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks as always, guys, for listening to this episode of Flitswatcher podcast. Take a moment to hit subscribe on your favourite podcast app, uh, and also leave us a little, a little cheeky review because that really helps us. It really does. Um, Also, do find us on social media. We are on Twitter at Pod and also Instagram, just at Flitswatcher
2: Special thanks to our awesome editor, Brendan Russell, for making this episode sound so sweet. And thanks to the mighty people for the tunes you can hear.